All right, it's me. It's Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, with this week's Outstanding Life podcast. And we are going to call this one Iron Belly. Iron Belly with Tim. Tim, what is going on, my friend? (laughs) Hello there. Iron Belly, man. That's the name of your band. Yes. I love that. And Joshua, Joshua Spears in the house uh, on another episode. This is great. Hey, Johnny, how you doing? I think it's like two weeks in a row that that, that you've been on the podcast. I'm starting to think, I hope that your wife doesn't figure out that this is your way of getting out of the house. It'll be our little secret. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is kind of cool. Joshua, I'm going to let you set this up because you're the one (laughs) that says, hey, Johnny, I got a guy that his story has got to be awesome. And I want you to set it up. But before we do, I forgot, Jim is in the house. Jim, what's your last name? Doyle. Jim Doyle. And he is the guitar player for the band Iron Belly. I love that. I can't wait to get into that later. We're going to talk about why you named the band Iron Belly. But Joshua, you were at the gym and you met this guy and you're like, Johnny. Yeah. So I've seen Tim a lot at the gym and, uh, you know, I always you know, would see him, would never say anything. And then we became friends on Facebook and started following him. And and then, you know, being on your podcast and looking at him online, I thought he'd have a really interesting story. And then one day I saw him going into a gym, actually a gym that I don't normally go to anymore. And I actually got a call from the child care center that I had to go change a diaper. And I'm number one to, or two. Uh, you don't want to know. <laughs> so that, then I have sure of both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So I, I got I saw. So then I saw where he was at at the gym. And I thought, you know, I've seen this guy. I thought I wanted to catch up to him. So I actually walked up to him. He was at the hot in the hot tub. And I had Wait a second. My, you walked up to a guy in the hot tub. Yes. <laughs> but OK, this podcast is going downhill yeah, already. Yeah. And we're only like three yeah, minutes so, into this. So anyway, I, too much information. So I, I went up and introduced myself. You now, know, was that and, before the, the dirty diaper or after? Actually, what's funny is we were talking and I told him about it and he reminded me. He said, didn't you say you had to go to the child care center? So that was, I had to leave. But. That was your way of getting rid of him. Yeah. 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 yeah you could say that, but. Actually, I don't know if you realize this, but I kind of herded you for a minute because you you wanted to talk and you were engaged. Yeah, and I was like, I, I kind of was like, all right, we'll we'll slowly go to the, the locker room and yeah. we'll keep talking. Yeah, and then yeah. you were like, all right, cool. Yeah, all right, cool. Thanks, man. All right, I gotta go. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. So, it, it, but but it was kind of funny though because Tim, you thought that Joshua was a cop or a person serving oh, man. papers. I'm laying, <laughs> I'm laying shoulder deep in the water and he walks up to me and he's got gray sweats and gray uh, top and bottom on, you know, like the, uh, the eighties, uh, like uh, the police Academy almost. You right. know? And uh, the, nothing wrong with what you're wearing. And he's like, Hey, are you Tim, Tim Cassidy? And I'm like, I don't know why, but in my head, I went to this, that's why I'm you gave me the served. look. Now I know why you gave me that look. I'm getting served. <laughs> right. Why I thought I watched too much NCIS or CSI or whatever. Yeah. I thought I was getting served, bro. It was that is weird. so funny. I, it I'm doesn't like, explain the look you gave me because I was like, this guy thinks I'm a nut. <laughs> it's not that I thought you were a nut. It was at, at first I was like, I'm getting served. And and I'm going through my head like I've been a good boy for a while. <laughs> like I've been behaving myself for a while. I haven't gotten in right. trouble so, the last two months. And he does look like yeah. a cop. Right. He's clean cut. He's clean a big cut, guy. White guy comes up and says, "Hey, are you Tim Tim Cassie?" That is so funny. Oh, I'm dead. You spoke and you up know too I, soon. And and I was just like, you know what? Own it. That, right. Yep. Own it. Just whatever. Let's yeah. do this. Now that's pretty cool. So why why did you think that his story was going to be so so awesome? Well, I mean, I think that you know I saw him I saw him at the gym, and then and then I didn't know that he was in a band, and I I, I saw you know posts on Facebook and social media, and you know your your podcast is all about different people who who do different things and a lot of th- extraordinary things, and I and I watched him from afar, and I also thought it'd be interesting to get to know him. And I thought of you and your listeners and how there's a lot of aspects about Tim that are, are really exciting. So I thought it would be fun to share with your guests or your the, audience. There is. And, and the one thing that a lot of you don't know, because I, this is what I love about a podcast, it's just audio, is people can't see us. So let me let me paint the picture. Tim doesn't have legs. What? <laughs> Who told you? 
So when Josh. No, seriously, I got legs, but I just left them at home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Under the bed. So I want to know, um, and now everybody's probably shocked listening to this going, what did Johnny D just say that the guy does have, doesn't have legs? You that's, don't have legs. That's true. I don't have but, legs. But you used to have legs. I used to have legs. What happened? Well, when I was younger, um, I was caught in a flood and I'm made of sugar. <laughs> so some really, really crazy stuff happened, man. Wow. It was like, you know, it turned to molasses, man. <laughs> you know? I thought you were going for like the uh, gingerbread cookie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Man. You know what's funny is Jim has heard this joke a million times. And, and he, he still, still got caught. He, yeah. Yeah, a million beer times. almost came out of the nose. All right, so uh, <laughs> seriously, when I was eighteen, I'll, I'll I'll tell the the whole story. Yeah, please. When what I can remember, it was uh, May twenty seventh of nineteen ninety three. I can remember having lunch with my prom date. And then I remember having my breathing tube removed. So I don't remember anything. And everything I'm about to tell you and everything that all the stories that I'm about to tell you is stuff that was told to me. And I don't remember it. And honestly, I don't want to remember it. You know, my my brain had a trauma and it shut down and it cut that time out of my life. Yeah. I'm cool with it. I, I have flashbacks, you know, I, I have visions and stuff, but I'm lucky that it's never in the, that blank spot. So anyway, back to what I was saying. So it's 1993, it's prom, I'm graduating uh, John Glenn High School, mm-hmm. go Rockets. And That's what he texted me earlier, he's like, Southgate, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Southgate. So, uh, so... I wrestled, and because of wrestling, I met uh, Joe, who was a football player, and we just knew each other literally from the locker room just passing by. Mm-hmm. And it was raining that day, and he gave me a ride to the flower shop because I was getting extra flowers because me and my date went and got the boutonniere and the corsage, but I was going to be slick and get extra flowers because, you know, it's... It's what you do when you're a senior. <laughs> yeah, but you also, you know, that's, you listen to your mother. Because your mother says, you should get her a dozen roses, too, to go with it. And I'm just, all right, cool, Mom. I'll be that guy. Yeah. So on my way there, for whatever reason, and I don't know the reason, and I'm good not knowing the reason, right. we went this different route. And in that route, we ran out of gas. At the time, I was 6'2". And wrestling season was just over. So I was really strong and and basic, you know, really good, perfect shape. Mm -hmm. And I just, I I don't remember it, but I just know my mentality. Stay in the car. I'll push this. Yeah. I'm I'm young and dumb and just, you know, a bull. I'm just going to fight through this. And, um... I got smashed into from a vehicle from behind doing about 35, 40. And the guy never hit the brakes, never saw me. He was looking away and never never saw me and slammed into me. And then it wasn't like, I guess it wasn't a direct, I guess it was a little bit of an angle. So my, my left leg was pretty much a little crushed off. Mm-hmm. And my right leg was pretty pretty crushed. They Within 48 hours, I think, 72 hours, I don't remember, is when I lost, when they took both of them, but at different at different interval, intervals and lengths because I was also fighting infections. Right. So with the infections, they had to chop a little more. Open me um, up, chop a little more. So I was in a coma for two weeks, but the coma was coma, coma, and then some of it was drug-induced. And the drug induced was also because of the pain. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But it was also easier to keep me knocked out to keep me. I've had thirty-eight surgeries. Wow. And so are you, not, are you are you done having surgeries now? 
yes and well, no. I mean, that, no, yes that, and no. That you know of, I guess. Yes and no. Well, I, I can have, I, I do battle what they call phantom pains. Okay. I was and just going to ask you about that. I feel yeah. my feet. Yeah. And I'm also in this weird percentile that still feels this, I guess. I just found this out that like a lot of these, a lot of people that have phantom pains don't, or uh, amputations at some point in their life, their, their body or their mind just kind of fixes it or does whatever. Right. I don't have that. So my, my toes burn all the time. Wow. I can, my right knee as a kid, I scraped. I could feel that scrape. You know, I broke my toe wrestling. Yeah. I feel that broke toe. Yeah. That's crazy. Let wow. me ask you, let me ask you this, Tim. When, when you woke up from that yeah. situation and, and the first time they told you, mm -hmm. or the first time you realized that your legs were gone, what, what was your first thought? I mean, what, I haven't been a wrestler and you know, that's heavy. Okay. How did that, what, um, what was that like? Yeah. So I was not your typical high school kid where I didn't do drugs. I didn't drink. I was scared of my mom. I wasn't going to do that stuff. So I never did that. So when I woke up in the hospital, that's the first time I ever had been on drugs. Wow. Other than aspirin. Yeah. So I was like, is this real? Is this fake? For the longest time, mentally, I was having the hardest time because mm -hmm. when you take drugs, let's be honest, when you take drugs, you you see or know what's happening. But when you wake up in drugs, in the drug, in the morphine, I was having the roughest time because it was a complete lucid dream. Right. You know, I, I remember them pulling the, the breathing tube and that hurt. That hurt, you know, my throat, my chest. And they, they left the 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 feeding tube in but they also had the suction tube in because they put the the baby food in and then they'd have to let it sit for a little bit and then suck it back out or I'd throw it up right so i had the hardest time trying to figure out is this real or not mm -hmm. and when the doctor came in and said you know we had to amputate both i'm like all right whatever I passed out. I remember my mom coming in, holding my hand, and then saying, "You know, this is what happened." And that's when I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna latch in, and this is gonna be reality." You know, all mm -hmm. right, this is reality. This is real. This is not the drugs anymore. Right. So that was so difficult to ascertain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and you know what the thing is though, meeting you today, <laughs> talking to you a couple times on the, on the telephone, you would never know this. And Jim, I mean, you're with him all the time. I mean, you guys are in a Correct. band yep. together. Yep. So, I mean, he doesn't, he acts like he has legs. He, he, he probably does more without having legs than people do with legs. I completely agree. I think he lives uh, his life 150%. You know, um, he's the life of the party when we go out to shows. And what's so funny <laughs> is, you know, in our band, all three of us sing. Um, so we're, each of us were pretty prominent, you know. Yeah. But he's the one that people remember. So if I go out by myself, a lot of times people may not recognize me, but if they see me with him, they're like, oh, it's the Iron Belly guys. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's right. So, um, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't wish what happened to him on anyone, but I feel like if anyone is or has taken advantage of um, their circumstance, he's a, a fantastic example of it. So let, let's bring that up. You hey, hey, I got to tell you this quick story. No, please. This is what so it's about, man. The first time me and Jim... <laughs> hung out like friends iron belly was really young when we went to see taproot and uh jackson uh no that was flint it was a machine shop it was a machine no shop. no it was not the machine shop when we saw taproot <laughs> so uh so uh a lot of beers that night or? <laughs> we get guys Most coming nice. up and 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 pat me on the back and, and you know hey man great to see you great you know great time you know blah 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 and later that night he's like do you know these guys? Do you? I'm like, no, no, I don't know any of these people. And he's like, does this happen to you a lot? Yeah. All my life. Well, the this other thing you, you say that happens all the time is people think you were in the military and that's how you lost your legs. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and you're, and Jim, you probably know that because you're, you've been with him. Yes. And he and wears camouflage shorts a lot. All so the time. It's, it's not like he's trying to perpetuate that. Right. But, it's yeah, just who he is. People see his camouflage shorts. Yeah, he doesn't buy pants. So right. buy shorts. <laughs> All right, so, so people see his shorts and assume that he's, you know, uh, he's ex-military. And 
they'll come up to him and shake his hand, tell him thank you for your service. And yeah. he's honest with them. He lets them know, you know, it's not how he lost his legs, but thank you. It's nice to meet you as well. And <laughs> right. carry on. <laughs> so where, where has been the craziest thing that, because people don't always come up and say the right things or, or, or they don't know how to approach somebody that is in a wheelchair with no legs. Mm -hmm. You told me a story the other day that you're like, Johnny, let me tell you what happened just two days ago. And you were at the gym. Uh, and you just got out well, of the shower. That, that crazy story we just talked about, Josh. Well, <laughs> later that day, that same day, this is my life. This is what my life is about. Is some dude, I'm I'm naked. I'm changing. This is a gym. This is a locker room. I'm changing. Some guy just blew. Hey! Hey, man, what happened to you? Not, you know, hello, my name is Bob. Yeah. You know, I'd like to ask you. Hey, <laughs> I'm like, what the? <laughs> it's like, what, what did you say? I quickly answered the question. I, I figured, you know, if I quickly answer the question, defuse it, because he was also at a state of dress where I knew he was going to be gone soon. <laughs> right. So, 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 so you lose your legs, and then all of a sudden, you never played guitar, right? No. So, so, so you lose your legs, and then, and then one day you just say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna put, I'm gonna pick up a guitar. So. I mean, so you, you want to, I, I can tell you this, get a little bit serious with you guys. In the military, they call it an alive day. In the military, that's the day that you, you had your credit, catastrophic. So my live day is that day, April 27, 1993. I've died three times. Wow. I've had, I've flatlined. My parents have had the conversation about my funeral. So they, I'm not even supposed to be here. So whatever. Yeah. So uh, I forgot where I was going with this, but I, yeah, I forgot where I was going with this. No, what, I, what no you, I, you're I, talking I, I about when you, when you decided to start playing oh, in the band. So that day, and thank you. Yeah. That day. No, but thanks April for getting 20th, serious though too, because people need to hear this stuff. April that, 27th no is the day here. that that Tim basically died. And when I woke up two weeks later, you got this Tim. So, so you woke up bad. with a positive attitude? Yes, immediately. <laughs> immediately. Jim, is he like this all the time? All the time. Yeah, pick up the microphone. <laughs> it's easier just to let the hate go. Yeah, absolutely. I, the first thing I did was forgive that guy. Yeah. And they were all like, uh, uh, I, can, I can tell you this, that through friends of the family, we know some shady people, and mm -hmm. they made some offers, and- no, yeah. don't hurt anybody over this. Yeah. Deep down, I don't want to talk to the guy. I don't want to see him. I don't want to be friends with him. But deep down, he's a human being. Do you right. not think that he hurts Yeah. or, or cares? Yeah. What's and it? you may not be the guy you are today if it exactly. didn't happen. Exactly. Right. If this so, didn't I mean, happen, we wouldn't meet. Right. I mean, there are so many cool... Listen, you have done so much. You have done more in the last... I'm assuming you're probably right around 40 years old. You've done more in probably 20 years than people could ever dream of. I have lived so much life. <laughs> that you I may guarantee not have done you, it. <laughs> I guarantee you all in this room, I've lived so much life. And I think it's because of the wheelchair. Yeah. It's, think of, it's because not having legs. So so, so you never played guitar. Okay. When, when did so, you decide to say, you know what, I want to pick up a bass guitar? Or, so, did you, or did you try a six string first? Oh, I tried the, I went the six string route. Six string You mean, looking at you, Almost bald, big beard. I thought for sure piano. Yes, I'm being funny. Yeah, that's a yes. fair assumption. Yes, harpsichord. Harpsichord. <laughs> so, um, so you pick up, you know, an instrument. You want you want to do something. So, so to back it up uh, again, um, mom, mom was a little worried about me, and it was because of mom that my uncle Mark plays. A little bit of bluegrass. And you can sit there I and like jam your uncle. out. Yeah, I love bluegrass. <laughs> she she invited Uncle Mark to take me to the guitar shop to go buy me a guitar for something to do. Okay. Well, one thing about at that moment was as I was so hopped up on pain meds that it was useless because I was just <laughs> I was a mess, man. Mm -hmm. I was a flat out mess. But uh you know, I, I played that. I still have the guitar. I played that for a little while, and it just did not feel right. And I set it down, picked it up, set it down. And then I had a friend uh, give me his little junior bass. 
and I could play that thing, and if the strings is what it was. Yeah, because you have fat fingers. I've got what they like to call <laughs> tarantula hands, <laughs> sausage hands. Some man mitts. Man <laughs> mitts. Uh, my personal favorite is bear claws. I've got huge, and yeah. I, don't, I don't know, and I don't understand the words gentle. They are just not in my vocabulary. <laughs> And that, a, and that explains your music. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's one edge div. <laughs> we used to call it, or I used to the, to say we were like a, a slap in the mouth or a punch in the mouth. You know, this would be a perfect time. I'm going to stop the podcast right now, and we are going to listen to a little bit of one of your songs. It can get any heavier than what I just heard right now, dude. You are not messing around when you said you don't. You're not calm when it comes to music. No, <laughs> no, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. I'm a bull in a china shop. I don't understand that. So, so, so you have the, the the junior bass. You start getting good, right? No. Oh. No. <laughs> Jim's Direct opposite. Like said, like, this, Still you, not good. <laughs> Still not good. So, so Jim Doyle, one more time. That, so that's why you play it. Just play it louder and it sounds better, right? <laughs> you know it. Fake it till you make it. There you go. I love it. So wait a second. So, so, so you, so you okay. do that. And then, and then at what point do you just say to yourself, you know what? I'm a man in a wheelchair playing the bass guitar. I want to be a rock star. So it's, it's, no, it's a weird story is because what had happened was, is I, I was terrible at it. I didn't like it. And then I went to the, I went to the base and I got the base and I was somewhat good at it, but the guys I were with were absolutely, for lack of a better word, mean about it. Well, the one guy was just mean about it and it was just so off-putting that I got away from it. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. And I started selling off my equipment. Then I went and saw a friend's band, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Let me let me go try it. So I met this guy, started a band, and uh, my first gig, I was probably 36. So it I wasn't that long ago. No, I'm super late at this. This Holy is the Toledo. furthest so, I've so, ever gone. So when you said, I'm going to start a rock band, you were by yourself. You didn't have a bunch of friends, right? Correct, correct. <laughs> so, so what, did you get on Craigslist, or right, did you right, did you get right. on on Facebook or MySpace and say, "Hey, so, listen, I'm looking for a, a couple"? So, <laughs> Ominous was the band I was playing with. We practiced for one year, played one show. After that show, broke up. So, I was like, "All right, I'm going to give this one more shot, and then I'm done." Right. So, I started Iron Belly, and I was like. One of the problems we had with Ominous, it took us, remember, we, we, it took us one year to get the, to the point of the gig. It took us 10 months to come up with or to agree to the name. Right. What's right. the point? Right. Yeah. So we play that show, we break up, and that I could. Wait, I got, one show? One show. <laughs> one show and you break up. Wait, yeah. For the better. That's like, that's like a year-long engagement. You get right. married, you get divorced the next day. Yep. Right now, there is some musician dying laughing because they've seen it. They've done it. Right. They've probably done it once or twice. Right. One show, next week, done. So, you were, so you, were, you, were, you were hooked after that one show. You're like, I, I want to do this again. I, I, yes. There was, there was another moment that I got hooked, but that that moment was like my moment. That was your aha moment, yes. is, you so, know what we talk about. So at, at thirty six, you said it was your first show, your your first your first live show. Right. What was what was that like? Everything you've been through, and you're thirty six, thinking, okay, so this is something I've never done before. This is completely different, 
And what, what was going through your mind? Was it like, oh my gosh, it's actually happening. I've been practicing for a year. Or was it, this is so awesome. Or what was that like doing something that you feel compelled to do for the first time? What were the emotions? So the, the emotion part was, is I was super, in, in the most part, in the most part, I was super excited and happy to do it. I'll get back to that. And that moment, it was nothing but dread. It was nothing but worry. Mm-hmm. It was nothing but acid reflux. We can relate to that, yeah. right, John? Yeah, absolutely. But, <laughs> but the first time on stage, yeah. most performers came. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it doesn't but, matter what we do. Right. But it it later on, it, it's, it's, you know, it was a breakthrough. It's a life-changing moment. It's absolutely. a mile marker that I can actually go back and say at this date. At this time, I hit a mile marker in my life. You know, and and I I felt good about it. I felt amazing about it. And I felt like I'm I I belong up here doing yeah. this. This is fun. So that that broke up. You started the band, and you're like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna name the band first so nobody can ever say anything about it, right? Right. I was like, I'm it's gonna be so much easier just to pick the band name. So you do, and the I name did. of the band is Iron Belly. How did you come up with the name Iron Belly? I love this weird, obscure Charlton Heston movie called The Mountain Men. And okay. in it, there is an Indian chief called Iron Belly. And he's really old and he's got some armor on him. And in the movie, the, the, the two guys go to him and ask him where to find Beaver because they're trapping Beaver. And he gives them this big speech. But in the movie... Good old Chief Ironbelly is this really old grandpa dude still making babies. <laughs> and in the movie, they bring a in a typical rock star right here. <laughs> in the movie, they bring in his one of his Wait, girlfriends. Is this real or is this a story? It's one hundred percent real. Mountain Men by Charlton Heston. <laughs> yes. So yeah, old I, man I, making babies. Out of that, a whole movie, which yes. is a good movie. Very good movie. You took that out of it. <laughs> I wanted to name the band after a dirty old man. <laughs> <laughs> and he did, and I did. Okay, so you do, and you know what? Real, real quick, it's yeah, so no, it's so tricky because people come up with so different ideas, and when I tell them that, they're like, "That's kind of dumb," and I'm like, "Think about it," and they're, "Well, actually, you're right. Yeah, it's kind of cool." <laughs> exactly. Now, now, now. So now you're by yourself. You have a name of the band, correct? You're a bass player. Yes. You're half decent. <laughs> and then what happens? Wait, like, so then you, you, I, I I get a drummer and I get a guitar player. Okay. And then it's... Uh, so was it fun again? It was fun, but I could see some weird stress. Mm-hmm. So I, I've said this before that it doesn't matter sometimes how great the musician is. Can you spend three room three hours in a room with each other not trying to kill each other? Amen. That's something different. That- Exactly. So we lose, or we're just about to lose a guitar player, and I know this is coming, but I'm, uh, I used to run with, uh, yes, I have no legs and said run. <laughs> I was going to say something, <laughs> but I had no like, legs and said run. <laughs> he means he used to roll with. <laughs> no. Jim, Jim, does he make these stage, these jokes on stage? No, it's typically me making them, but yeah, we're, <laughs> we try to uh, throw the tag team effort out there and make people smile. <laughs> yeah. That's one good thing about Jim is he will uh, he will politically correctly uh, hit him back to me. Right. <laughs> so you so you're about ready to lose a guitar player. Uh, so the- uh, we're at Autorama, rolling yep. with the the hot rod clubs, yep. and uh, his cousin is actually my guitar player or uh, my tattoo artist. I'm sorry. Okay. And I said out loud to Garnett Miller, uh, Ink Addiction tattoos in garden city i says to him you know, i love the looking, plug he just did right yeah. <laughs> we're looking for uh we're looking for a singer for the band and he rolled he usually rolls with a posse or a entourage mm-hmm. and out the back i sing <laughs> so it's jim really i used to <laughs> that's what i said and, and so we, i met jim and and he's like you know he comes to he comes to our first practice, and I don't remember. Did you bring a guitar that day? No, I didn't bring a guitar that day because they were only looking for a singer. So yeah. Yeah. they were looking for a singer to basically do some covers to be able to start playing shows soon. So I was like, all right, you know, what the hell? Let's give it a try. 
So, so wait a second. Wait, you're you're all probably wondering what kind of music you guys play. We are a country. <laughs> you are rap so not <laughs> folk. Group. You are so not country. It's so not. <laughs> We're a metal band. Yeah, yep. We're a metal band. We're a metal band. So uh, Jim comes to the Bluegrass. first practice, right? <laughs> comes to the first practice, and mind you, I'm still I'm may, not even forty yet, and I'm just talking to him about this, and then. The, the drummer I'm working with, he's not really all that. But then we'd start talking to this guy, and he's actually a real rock star. Right. He's actually done stuff. <laughs> right. So so give him a little bit of who what bands you worked with and give him. Well, the previous bands don't really matter that much because um, none of you will know who they are. But like <laughs> Tim had mentioned, I had been playing um, shows since basically high school in and out of lots of various local bands. Um most prominent one was Human Wick Effect. I was in for about six or seven years out of Ypsilanti. We played all over, um, not just Michigan, but other, you know, close states around here. But um, had done that for a while and then started playing guitar. And uh, the opportunity presented itself in Tim's band, in Iron Belly, to, to play guitar instead of just singing. So I, you know, threw my ring in the head. I was like, hey, guys. I noticed we're about to lose this guitar player we have now. I can play a little bit. Would you like to continue? Because I'm having some fun. Jim, why did you get into music? I got into music because I loved it from the time that I was a little kid. You know, I remember hold, hold on real, real quick, guys. I just want to point out, Jim does have legs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He has legs. Go ahead, Jim. What, Jim. You were a young child, and they're very nice. What was your... What was, <laughs> Jim, what was the band, what was the band at a young age... What was the band that made you think, man, I want to do that? Uh, that's kind of an interesting story because my influences are so varied. Like, for example, when I was really young, it was my parents listening to, like, Fleetwood Mac. And, really? Uh, and Jimi Hendrix and things like that. You know, I really just was drawn to it. And I mentioned Fleetwood Mac first because I, although I play in, you know, a pretty aggressive metal band, I'm still absolutely fascinated with the female voice. And I love Stevie Nicks. And, oh, I know. Christy McVie, I love both of them. So I kind of grew up with Taylor that. Swift. Or yeah, I'll be down with some Taylor Swift. I'm not scared, brother. Lady, he's like laughing. He's yeah. smiling. He's like actually. He's hey, like I'm in. Katy Perry oh, is my future divorce, uh, future ex-wife. There you go. So, so really, it was a lot of the like you know the the '70s classic rock bands, and then I had two older brothers from my mom's previous marriage, so half brothers, whatever. They're mm -hmm. my brothers, but they were. 10 and like 13 when I was born. So, you know, they were listening to uh, thrash metal and they were listening to like weird, obscure Detroit hip hop. If any of you are familiar with Esham out there. So I grew up listening to Fleetwood Mac and like Jimi Hendrix and Bad Company from my parents. Um, that was their influence. And then my older brothers were listening to like Metallica and Slayer in, you know, the early to mid 80s when I was growing up. I was born in 82. So I kind of got. Got that, plus the Detroit hip-hop, plus whatever else was going on in my house at the yeah. time. It was always um, just a culmination of that. Do you remember your first time on stage? Yeah, I do. I was in... Were you uh, nervous? Uh, I was nervous, but it was a high school talent show in front of the entire high school. Really? So you were in high school people. when you did it? Yeah. Holy That's a big crowd for your first yes. time. Yeah. So, so please tell. Yeah, entire high school, very first show we had ever done. We had another show lined up. Um, before that, but then the talent show came up, so it was me and some high school buddies. We were like, let's do this first. Why not? So we did it, and it was probably one of the best things we could have done in high school because it it pretty much made us famous within our little school. Yeah. You know, even, I mean, hell, even the principal treated us different after that because <laughs> I wasn't a great student. You know, I was a, a slacker, and, uh, and after that, I really could do no wrong, which was pretty fantastic. So, wow. So yeah, middle. I'm sorry. High school um, talent show with a band called Distraught was my very first show. Okay. So I'm just wondering, did you have hair back then? I did. Yeah. I wasn't. <laughs> well, I was born bald. Had hair for a period of time, and then uh, I had to, to go there. You know, to to you, you, you have a nice head and everything else, but you know, <laughs> you. back back a few years ago when you were, were in high school. Yep. You know, did you have long hair? I did when I realized, you know, looking around at my dad and my brothers, that it wasn't going to stick around forever. <laughs> so there was a period of about a, you know, probably a year and a half, two years that I let it grow down to my shoulders and then said goodbye. So, guys, I don't, are you married, Jim? Yes. Oh, yeah. Jim, you're married. Tim, are you married? Never been. Okay. 
I what? live vicariously through him. If okay, that's what you're so asking. no, 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 no. So what's it like for you guys? And Joshua, you could probably relate mm-hmm. to this because we were talking about it earlier. Does your wife come to your shows or does she? Not often. Right. Okay. Right. And Tim, do your friends <laughs> come and see you? No, he picks them up at the show. There really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's I a lie. She, <laughs> I mean, she watched that behind the scenes. So you use the whole rock gentlemen. star thing on, as getting girls? Disclaimer, ladies and gentlemen, I play <laughs> bass in a metal band. <laughs> do you really think there's girls at these shows? Let me, let me ask you. Seriously, I, come on Have now. you ever heard people say that the bass player is kind of like the punter of the band? Yes. Have you ever heard that? Yes. I'm just curious. I mean, I had a friend tell me that. Let me, me tell me you that, something, though. Joshua. I'm sorry. I okay, started he's, lying he's to women me, and saying, I play guitar because I've seen women's face change in front of me when I said uh, bass. So it's weird. You, you, you sing, though, too. All three of us sing. Right. So, But looking at these, and Joshua, you're, you're looking at two calm guys. Right. Good-looking guys. And then all of Thank a sudden, you, if you listen to them... They scream like there's no tomorrow. And I don't even know how anybody could ever. I, I watched your videos, like I said, multiple times. So I get to know you guys. You don't look like the guys I saw on video. Yeah, well, we're not. Right. We're different guys. <laughs> yeah. We're different guys at that time. Like, that's the opportunity to get out, you know, any of that aggression. So Isn't we're not that funny? Killing coworkers or, you know, anything like that. <laughs> Jim, it's so funny because when I get off stage, people are like, I love the story you told about. And I, and I, and I look at whoever I'm with. My handler at the time, I'm like, did I tell that story? Because you get in the moment. You you're in the show. You're in the moment. I, I'm I'm to an age where I stretch before getting on stage, and I feel sometimes when I'm mentally prepping that I I've realized that I feel like a panther pacing. I'll catch myself. I'll am in a wheelchair and I'm going up and down this back hallway next to the green room stretching. But I'm getting mentally there. Yeah. I'm, I'm mentally. Do you have rituals that you do before you get on stage, both of you? I don't really have a ritual. Well, you told me about one that sometimes you have to do because you're getting older. You said that sometimes you have to take a nap. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you for and bringing that And I say that, that being you. funny with you, but but, yeah. but you but you told me a story. Jim, is, that, is, is that true? He has to take a nap sometimes? You find him out in the truck or what? Yeah, if it's a long day, like, because we've... You know, we've gone as far as like Minnesota, you know, 12 hour trips for right. shows before. And that that does take some, uh, you know, some of your energy driving that far. So it's nice to be able to rela- relax a little bit. But yeah, if we're playing later on in the night, he'll say, hey, guys, I'm going to go take a nap in the truck and I'll go get him before. Uh, there, you know, there's been a couple of shows that I've had to go in the truck and take a nap. And now, do you guys have roadies and stuff like that? Or do you guys have to set, set everything up too? Oh, no, we typically set it up. And a lot of it, actually, you know, I'm not talking any, you know, garbage about Tim, but I have to move a lot of his equipment as well. I and, was just going to yep. say, no, and, and being and like, you're not being funny, but I was going right, to be funny yeah. going, that's a great way of going, hey, guys, can you just move that amp over a little bit, please? Over about six inches this way would be perfect. Yep. And yeah. you'd be surprised, <laughs> I mean, for uh, for all the equipment that he plays with, because we are a loud band, he can move it around. I mean, he can manhandle it if he needs to. Yeah. He can pick it up on and off the stage to help me out, um, you know, loading in and out and whatnot, so... He's not completely useless. Yeah. I could pick it up, but I just can't carry it out. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this question came in on social media earlier today. Okay. And they wanted to know what kind of music inspired you to get into metal. Did you always listen to metal? Or did you, like Jim, listen to all kinds of other kind of music? When I, it was, it's a funny, funny thing is because in my neighborhood in Westland, we're kind of cut off and there was only like, a dozen less than a dozen kids so it wasn't like and we didn't really hang out we'd, we'd be with each other so it was not like we were sharing music like right we would. anyway uh growing up i always thought i was going to be a beetle <laughs> you know, i grew up on beetles the doors uh the mamas and the papas motown honestly i wrestling uh collegiate and college wrestling you know olympic style wrestling is my passion that's what i love it's what i live for I, I can't get in any other sports. It's just who I am. But I did not get into metal until literally the wrestling room when the coach would let us put on metal and we would listen to Metallica. And this is the, the heyday uh, or the golden era of the thrash. So right. Metallica's, your Anthrax's, all these bands that are Jim's brothers were listening to because we're I'm closer to their age. But uh, 
all of these uh, all of these metal bands, I'm like, wait a minute, this sounds good. I like this stuff. This is definitely not uh, Mamas and Papas. You know, this stuff is angry. I love it. And it, it kind of helped you with wrestling. Kind of right. made you aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's nothing like when you're working out, like some really aggressive music, that's for sure. I, uh... So wait a second, what kind of music do you actually listen to when you work out? Because now you're a guy that still works out at the gym all the time. Yeah, I, I, I have you to keep you, working you out. You just don't go and like sit in a hot tub all the time. No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Does this body look like I sit in a hot <laughs> Actually, it does. Don't answer that, Joshua. No, fitness has been actually a big part of his lifestyle. He, he pushes for me, actually, to, to work out more, which is awesome. But he's always been, you know, religiously going to the gym as well as, I mean, he worked at a gym for a number of years as well. So you were talking about your wife, Jim, doesn't come and see your shows all the time. Correct. Tim, has it helped you in the social life being in a rock band? It has actually been a negative. What? Yes. Really? Yes. Why is that? When I'm I'm single and when I try to meet women, the second question is groupies. And it seems like I can't get them past this idea that I'm not in a hair band. Right. I'm not playing John Mayer. <laughs> I play for men. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a, a, a interview of Carrie mm-hmm. King of Slayer. And there he makes cracks about that. And he says, I, my wife would wish that I came home with groupie stories. You know what I'm trying yeah. to come, come <laughs> right. with this? And he says, when I get off, when I get on stage, I'm looking to see a man in black T-shirts. And when I get off stage, I hang out with a whole bunch of other men in black. You know, and he's like, yeah. he's cool with it. Fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you being in a metal band, being a bassist is actually a negative when trying to meet women. You know, it's funny is because both of them are married. We're single. At one time, I got I to tell you guys a funny story. That, and Joshua, you've never heard this. And Jim, I know you haven't because I just met you today. And same with you, Tim. But Tim, you could relate to this. I met somebody. And at one time, she said to me, she's like, hey, wait a second. You're not the same guy that you are on stage. No kidding. Well, I want that guy. I literally went out to my truck Got her a CD. I said, there, date that guy. Never talk to her again. <laughs> I said, just gave her one of my CDs. I'm like, I'm not that guy all the time. I'm the, I'm just a regular guy that does what I do. Okay, so I got I kind of the opposite. <laughs> I had a friend's wife a couple months ago say, you know, you were not as scary as I thought you were. <laughs> You're actually a really nice guy. This whole time... Because uh, what you guys can't see is I'm covering tattoos. I always thought you were this really mean, scary, burly, tattooed, muscle-bound, bearded guy. Mm-hmm. You are so nice and funny and lovable and yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, all right, well, I guess. Yeah. Can't read that book by its cover. Jim, is he? you said earlier, is he like this all the time? Is he... I don't want to say class clown, but is he the, not even stage clown, but is he the guy that, that brings everybody together? Yeah, definitely. He's the center of attention, whether we're at, you know, one of our shows or we go out to, to, you know, support one of our, um, you know, one of our friends bands, it's the same way. So, and I think that he kind of has to be because people are, uh, they see him in the wheelchair without legs and in a way they're drawn to him. They want to come and talk to him, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Hey, what happened? You know, or they'll see him in camouflage. Hey, thank you for your service, and that's a way for them to start the conversation. But um, yeah, so much of of what what he is and who he is, I think, um, revolve not revolves, but <clears throat> he is who he is based on um, the fact that so many people want to meet him. They want He's to come an up inspiration. and talk to him, right? And when I met him. You know, like he told you that story earlier. He was like, uh, Tim's looking at him like, hey, yeah. stop being all sentimental. Yeah, he's like, hey, what is this? What is he going to say? Hey, they are sitting on the couch together. Yes, not, not the three feet if apart. If I cry, you're holding me. But it was funny. Like he mentioned um, earlier when we met, um, you know, neither of, us, neither of us were looking, you know, to, uh, to really find a bandmate at that moment. Yeah. He just happened to mention that he was looking for a singer. And I was like, well, hey, I used to sing in a band. Why not? <laughs> right. You know? 
and the the friendship kind of built from there and now he's um he has grown into being one of my best friends which i really appreciate and i i like the fact that you know we spend so much time together even outside of the band even on the road though you can see how much fun you guys have yeah you have to you, you, li- listen you can't fake things when you see it on video and I love the historian that he has become. <laughs> and he probably teaches you. You probably hate road trips anymore because he's he's like the 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 history teacher with you that you don't really want to be with you. Yeah. Well, I know when to cut him off, <laughs> thankfully. So we do so, these things called Timmy Fun Facts. Right, um, yes. Right. I don't know if you've seen that Yes, or not, absolutely. And that's our, what I was trying to get at. Yeah, so, for our DVD, he likes doing uh, like introductions and crazy histories about the places that we visit. Funny, Funny thing about that, though, is... Jim and I are such good friends, and he knows me so well that when we go to shows together or when we play shows, he'll, like, duck down in my ear and be like, hey, that's blah, blah from this band. I'm like, thanks, because I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah. Because they all know who I am. Yes. But I know so many people that I can't remember yeah. and keep up and keep track. Do you know what's so funny is I'm going to tell you a secret. I don't remember people's names. I sometimes hire somebody to go with me. And their only job all night is to remember who you are, what your name is, who you are, what your name is, really? who you are. Do you pay well? Yes. <laughs> and, and their only job is to, what was her name? Blah, blah, and they would tell me. And I'm like, okay, cool. Because, I, because I, I, get in, I, I get in the moment and I get so excited about what I do that I forget what people's names are. You know? I, I, think, <clears throat> I think because of my car accident <clears throat> and I, I lost like 90 units of blood. And with my concussions, you know, you, you I had a brain damage. <clears throat> my, <clears throat> my memory is Swiss cheese sometimes. And I could tell, I can tell you that I can't remember stuff that I should or right, right, I'm right. supposed to remember or I need a trigger. Yeah. Sometimes really bad. I just had a friend recently give me a trigger. I, and he's like, how can you not remember? And I'm like, I don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> you yeah. Know? You know, one thing, Tim, about your story, you know, we've talked a lot about the band, which is really awesome stuff, but you said something earlier that made me think, Johnny and I talk to a lot of different groups, a lot of different audiences, and we deal with people who are dealing with a lot of different types of pain, whether they had childhood issues or issues with their parents or abuse or different things. But you were talking about the gentleman who who hit you, and and you said it's easier to let the hate go. It is. And there's a lot of people out there who who struggle with letting a lot of things go that are, don't even come close to what you've had to let go. And so to that person who, who might be holding on to something against mom or dad or their husband, these grudges and different things, what advice, if you were, if you were to give that person advice about letting that stuff go, what would that be? I am not going to let that control me. Amen. Say that I again. I am not going to let that control me. Like he was, I, he was going to say that before I even asked him. <laughs> I the resolve that he's yeah, saying it right, in this yeah. room. The resolve that we see in him, the audience can't see it, but the resolve and the yeah. passion this is, and it tells you that that that's not something that just haphazardly came to him. It's something that he truly lives. Yeah, and th- and that's what's so remarkable because that's such a big thing. We're hurt every day. Yeah, and and and, and I admire that. And, and and Joshua, you've heard enough of my podcast and been on enough where I get you know, the hairs on my back stand up years ago when I went through a divorce. And to this day, the number one question I always get when I get off stage is, is that true that you drink beers with your ex-wife's husband? Yes. We raised a great daughter, me, him, her, and, and to their two kids, I was a part of their life. Yeah. And, there is no hate. There is no, because if you let it go, you can actually have fun with it. Yeah. So, so as much as like bad things happen, bad things happen to everybody. Bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. I get it. And and people are like, probably listen to us right now going, Oh, it's easy to just let it go. It's easy to just let it go. You're right. It is. It is. It, people often say, I want, I want, I want, I want, right. Mm-hmm. There, there are four men in this room right now. I always say to people, figure out what you don't want and you'll get what you want. So stop telling me what you want. Figure out what you don't want in life. I don't want pain anymore. I don't want this anymore. 
And guess what's going to happen? You are going to have something great happen to you. I want to know, because that just got really deep right now, and I'm going I'm to switch. A little. <laughs> How do you guys write your own music? Do How you, do we write our own music? Yeah, I mean, well, like, yeah. like, 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 are they like every day, like... Um, Will I hear a story? Well, do you or, write the music first and then the lyrics? We, we actually, we have different ways of doing it. Really? Yeah. And, and in our band, we all three take, we all sing on the song, We all, but one of us takes lead. Usually there's somebody that sings more. Okay. But we have different styles and different ways that we do it, but when, then we bring it to the band. Now, I could just tell you my personal way is I'll get, I'll sit there and play on my bass a little bit and come up with a little something. And then I will get a topic, and I will name it. And then from there on, that's the topic, that's the name, and those are the little riffs. If those little riffs make it or not, I don't care. But that's the topic. That's where we're going with this. That's right. It has to start somewhere. And, and yes. And that's where also I, I look at Jim and come to Jim's wisdom. You know, I used to make this joke. Jim has been a... a doing this since he was 15 yeah i've only been doing this 15 years right <laughs> so i i'm a little older than him but i look up to him and i trust him because he's done this yeah and he's a little <clears throat> people people sometimes used to accuse me of being a follower i'm not a follower i just am smart enough to listen to know who's smarter than me in the room amen and i just listen to that henry ford once said it he's like listen i surround with I surround myself with people smarter than me because it makes me a smarter man. Yes. Agree completely. Yeah. So, Jim, what is your way of, of writing music? Are, are, you got, are you a guy that doesn't write his own music? No, uh, it's kind of a combination. Like with our current band, each of us will bring ideas to the plate and go from there. Um, and I'll elaborate on that a little bit. Like, for example, a lot of times Tim will bring in riffs and say, okay, here's an idea that I have. Let's finish it. And I'll take the skeleton of what he made and yeah. make that into a song, uh, you know, take the bits and pieces that he brought yeah. and add to it. And then, um, you know, my own little, put my own spin, my own flavor on it, and then bring the, the lyrics to him as well. And what's funny about the way him and I work is like, uh, we could be in the studio and he could have been playing a part for six months the same way. And I could say, Hey, you need to play it like this, this time. And he'll be like, Dude, I've been playing it this way for so long. But he has the faith in me to 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 listen to my yeah. idea and say, listen, you know, I'll tell him, listen, I know you've been playing it this way, but I think that in the end, if we do this, it'll turn out a certain way. Yeah. So we've done that in each of the last of our two recordings, and it's worked out pretty well in that regard. And then the way that, so that's, you know, touching on how the band writes music. The way that I write music a lot of times is I'll bring parts um, – you know, same, I guess it's similar. We bring parts of a song and then we'll try to work on them together as a three piece unit. The vocals typically come later, um, the instruments and maybe even the song title, whether it's a, a permanent song title or even something tentative. To so be able vocals to don't it. come first. No, really. Sometimes yeah. it's the music. Well, most of the time it's the music. Really? Yeah. I always thought that yep. it was always the lyrics first. And no, this is this is great. You're, you're asking about Iron Belly and the way we write. Right. Yep. No, no. Yep. That's, There's some yeah, other band that, probably does do right, it that no, way. No, that's great, Which, though. Right, yep. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. We, that's an amazing like, thing about music. Yeah, I love we, it. Yeah, so our method has been to come up with the song, um, even come up with a title, a general theme, and then try to elaborate on it. Uh, build, building the mountain is yeah. typically what we, one of the terms that we use, you know, we'll come up with the bass, the bass riffs, and then we'll, finish it instrumentally or musically, and then work on the vocals after that. Um, but a lot of times, like with the song titles that we've come up with prior, we'll use use that as an idea to work on the lyrics at a later point. All right. So like right now, for example, we're recording our second EP, but we're already working on ideas for our third EP in which we've already named and we're starting to work on the song titles for that one, even though we're not... We're not even to that point yet. We're starting to build Always looking the base. forward. Yeah, we're building the base. How can people follow you guys online? We are on, uh, we have a website. It's called ironbellyrocks.com. We're on uh, Instagram, which is ironbellyrocks. Uh, our Twitter is ironbelly313. Our email is ironbelly313 at gmail.com. 
And I believe Tim is really good because most of the time, Joshua, you know that we always say go to our website and there's all the links yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we're on all the you know all the social medias. We're also you can find our music on every one of the the platforms. Whether I it's found on, it on Amazon, yeah, you can yeah. find it on Amazon, on you know Google Play, on Spotify, on Pandora, on all the streaming sites, on Bandcamp, all that stuff. Who does your artwork for your posters? Because I'm a guy that promotes my stuff. Um. And I have cool posters and stuff like that because I, I like to be a little bit different than other speakers out there. Your your posters are awesome. Is it one of you two that that put it together, or no, is it somebody else that you guys sub it out, or how how does it work? It's a collaborative effort amongst our friends. Typically, we have a few graphic designers or graphic artists that we yeah. work with that are really good friends of ours. So, depending on how quickly we need it done or how busy they are in their own schedules, we'll kind of farm it out to to a couple people. Uh, Rick Rage is one of our great friends. Um, we played a lot of shows with his prior band, Beyond and Back, so he does a lot of that stuff for us. Jesse Garon of, uh, what is it, Scorpion Graphics? Graphics. Scorpion Graphics does Graphics. a lot of them for us. Uh, Eric Heinrich of ARI, um, he'll do do them for any of his shows. So it's really, a lot of times it's the promoter or the booking agent that uh, for the show that we're on, or if it's a show that we're putting together, we'll reach out to one of our friends. What's the coolest thing a fan has came up and gave one of you two throughout the years. Uh, we're going to have to keep this PG. So we're yeah. going to have to say uh, <laughs> we had, we were playing Akron, Ohio and a fan's son came up and had us. Uh, remember the magic kid came up and had like little kid uh, did magic tricks for us. You know, wait, he and, brought his son to your show. Or to the show, oh, not to the for, show, not to meet for you Iron guys Belly. Like, it was gotcha. for okay. The, okay. The, the local show. And it was it was a super big honor to have this little kid because we were off stage and he just yeah. wanted to come over and meet us and talk to us. And, and that's probably when you see a little kid. I mean, I, I'm in a wheelchair, so when I see a guy in a wheelchair, it's not as dramatic to me is as a child tim has has people come up to you and said that you're an inspiration because they see the way that you are and the way that you handle yourself and what's that like for you all the time all the time yeah. and i'm like i'm human so some some days i don't want to hear it right. i don't want to talk about it i don't want to deal with it because i'm going through something yeah but in the the overall scheme of things it's whatever you know? yeah just well, you are life. an inspiration, so I'm going to tell you right now. Well, so I don't you. care if you want to hear it or not. I'm telling you right now, and, and and the three other guys that are sitting with me right now know that you are that inspiration. That you are the motivator, and I, and I have a feeling, Jim, that he's the motivator in in the band too, right? Yeah, I'd say without a doubt. Um, so has there been times that you had to motivate him and kick him in the butt, literally? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt, <laughs> both uh, verbally and physically. You know, depending yes. on, on what's needed that day. You know, yeah. like I had mentioned earlier, sometimes you know we'll butt heads on how something should go, but um, throughout, I guess the benefit of the doubt, he'll listen to me on some of those things and try what I've I've suggested to see how it will will turn out. When you when you are creating art with your friend and you got to let go of your ego and sometimes it is Amen. so hard yeah, and you're so Yeah, we're men. We're men. But just to let go and say, "All right, well, I think you're completely wrong, but you are so passionate about being right. I'm just going to trust you or I trust you because I know who you are." Yeah. You know, that's Isn't it kind of funny, Joshua, we were talking before they got here about us telling stories. Mm -hmm. We don't have a bass player. We don't have a guitar player. We don't have a singer. It's just us and a microphone. So you're either Sorry good. Yeah, no, you're you're either good or you're not good, right? And Joshua was, was was saying, "Hey, I've been working on this new story." And then I said, "Well, why don't you do it? Tweak it like this or tweak it like that?" And it, because it's always changing. You're always making it better. You're always making that story better. You're always making that song better. I want to know: Have you guys ever brought an acoustic guitar? To one of your songs? Not to one of our songs, but I mean, I have an acoustic guitar. Our drummer has an acoustic guitar. He plays, he writes a lot of the songs, um, you know, sings as well, plays keyboards and drums. 
Crazy guy. Wish he could be here tonight. But, I know. Um, Listen, I, that yeah. that was crazy. Not, not to interrupt, but that was crazy. Yep. When I figured out that your drummer plays keyboard too, like yep. you can't get no opposite and, than that. Right. And sings. And, live, yeah. and sings. Right, right. And All sings. live. Right. Yep. And here's the other kicker about it. He was the Craigslist find. <laughs> yeah. <Wow. laughs> now, he what was other- the Craigslist find. And when he pulled up to his house the first day, he pulled up and on his face, I read, he was like, he looked, his, he went up and down and he, I could see it. Oh my God, this guy has no legs. How's he going to use his <laughs> How is he going to play legs? bass? And yeah. he was so weirded out. I just thought about that. Wait a second. Jim, when you got here, I showed you a couple couple of my guitars. Yep. Just because I was proud of, you know. Oh, yeah. Because, and, and, and I was talking to Tim and he's like, hey, listen, no, that's a six string. I don't even know, you know, whatever. Right, yeah, he, yeah, he blew me off, right? So joking around with you, Tim. But- we play with foot pedals. Tim, are you that good that you don't use pedals, or do you use pedals <laughs> in a different way? I'm curious about that. Okay, so, no, that's a... I just recently did an interview with uh, the Detroit Bass Players Group. It's a uh, it's a Facebook group, kind of, and they're dedicated Detroit bass players. All genres. So I was... Uh, taking my stuff there and uh i took my my pedals and they're like what is this what is and i'm like pedals guys well they're all r&b jazz guys pedals is like sacrilege to them <laughs> so it, that that was a little weird but uh i just i just turned that sucker on and just leave it on wow and one of the things that's funny about him is um his pedal board is actually on a skateboard so he makes this joke all the time that because he's on wheels, his pedal board's on wheels, which is nice. Um, so he can actually reach down and, and you know grab one of the cables and pull it closer towards him. But it's it's really interesting because so many times um, we'll we'll be unloading or uh, bringing our equipment into a venue and people will see his pedal board, which is a skateboard, and they're blown away by it. We yeah. get comments on it at every show that we play because it's so unique jim i gotta wrap this up because you gotta go but i just i have one last question and i promise i'm gonna wrap it up and that is how did you guys get to a point that you can scream the way that you scream into a microphone i watched the videos i've watched you guys so many times i was like how in the heck does somebody like do you practice that like do you have to like yeah it was practiced a lot at a younger age to try to figure out how to do it without hurting yourself um, he when, said younger because he started younger. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. You just yep. started a few 15 years so like, ago. Yeah. <laughs> I practiced, you know, to, I'll give you a specific album, Pantera's Vulgar Display of Power. Yep. Like when I was a little kid, that album was incredibly popular. And when I first heard it, I loved the ferociousness of the vocals. So I spent many, many hours in my bedroom singing along on my little karaoke machine until I blew the speakers out and trying to figure out how to do that, how to, how to mimic those, those sounds. And then further on, there was, uh, there's actually instructional videos. Melissa Cross puts out a great one called the Zen of Screaming, who will actually teach you how to, uh, how to be able to use your voice for those extreme metal sounds without hurting yourself, without you know, pushing yourself too far. And uh, that was a great, great instructional DVD that I checked out. And then from, from then on out, it was really just, you know, when and whenever I'm in the vehicle, even now, like I, I sang along to, you know, the radio on the way here. I sing along to every every chance I have that I'm in the car or in the truck to make noise. I will. And it's gone um, a step further because now I have two kids and both of them love singing. So we have a karaoke machine in the house. We have a drum set in the house, you know, and um, the point is to to just keep practicing, keep trying. If it's something you want to do work at it and um you may not be great at it but maybe you'll get good at it and find your own voice what's a phrase that you live by every single day jim well you mentioned positive mental attitude or you mentioned being positive earlier and pma is really important for me positive mental attitude it's a bad brain song that i love but also just the that whole um that whole aspect of choosing your mental uh choosing your attitude i'm very big on that it's a big proponent of the way that i live my life I feel that uh, you know you have you have the opportunity to decide how you want to uh, respond to things on a daily basis. You can choose to respond negatively or positively. I try to choose uh, positivity in as many situations as I can. I'm a human, 
I still make mistakes, still get pissed off, sometimes a little too easily, but uh, PMA is huge for me. I live by that. Tim, a phrase that you live by every single day, and we're going to wrap this thing up. Don't whine. There is somebody out there worse off than you. Nobody wants to hear it. I love it. Don't whine. Nobody wants to hear it. Suck it up, buttercup. Joshua, any closing remarks for you? Just just thanks for for what you guys do and and keep doing what you do. One one real quick shout out. If somebody's listening, they're local. When's the next show? Like the next yeah. show you guys have? Um, we are playing actually this Saturday at the uh, Brass Monkey and Wine. What? That's right up the Wine road. Dog. My yep. buddy Rick owns the place. There you go. Come say hi to Rick and watch us jam. I, yep. Are you really gonna play? So I'm just wondering yeah. what I like me walking in with a cowboy hat on. What that would be like. That would be interesting. Like a Jim, Jim's like, don't wear the cowboy. No, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say, don't think twice about it. It wouldn't get phased, no. bro. Yeah, you want to wear your cowboy phased. hat? Wear, wear your cowboy boots. Let's let's get down. Let's so, hey, guys, do both. So do, do, do you guys do like, you, because you guys are so heavy, do you mosh? Like, or is it not? Is, 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 is it a little bit different? <laughs> I'll push him around the mosh pit. <laughs> about five years ago, I got in the mosh pit and blew a wheelchair tire. <laughs> For the rest of the night, I had a blow, and the next day I had a blown wheelchair. I was running on one flat. <laughs> I love that. I was so sore the next day, but I loved it. Guys, I can't thank you enough, Jim, Tim, Joshua. Thanks again. This thank is you. Johnny D, the motivational cowboy, with this week's Outstanding Life podcast, and I am with the band, two two of the band members from Iron Belly. And again, you can check us out at motivationalcowboy.com. You can also check us out on SoundCloud dot com forward slash outstanding life podcast and of course itunes and also we are on spotify so until next time this is johnny d telling you be safe have fun have yourselves an outstanding day see ya outstanding life is a soul bridge studio production